0: Good afternoon. You are listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and via podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Brought to you by our news team, Alexandra Fernandez, Chancellor Miracle, Chris Laurie, Zayden Verdara, Dinah Jansen, Cindy Gibson, Erica Singh, and me, Kareem Mosna. Let's begin with your local news rundown. Coming up next Wednesday, November 9th at 7 p.m., it's the Mayor's Arts Awards Ceremony and Reception hosted by Brian Patterson. The ceremony will be held in Memorial Hall at City Hall and will honor the five recipients of the 2022 program and celebrate their contributions to the arts here in Kingston. The Mayor's Arts Awards is an annual recognition program celebrating artistic achievement and recognizing extraordinary contributions in and to the arts. The awards enhance the cultural vitality and civic identity of Kingston. Manager of Arts and Sector Development with the City of Kingston, Danita Lockhead, says this program aims to build the profile of the arts community across the city and increase awareness of the arts among its citizens. Each of the 2022 recipients have contributed to establishing Kingston as a place where creative life is valued and we're looking forward to celebrating their work and legacies. The City, through the Arts and Culture Services Department, administers the Mayor's Arts Awards Program and works with the Kingston Arts Council to document and promote the work of award recipients. The nomination of award recipients is facilitated through the City of Kingston Arts Advisory Committee that establishes a nomination working group each year for this purpose. The event is uh, free to attend. Refreshments are provided with a cash bar open during the reception. ASL translation will also be offered during the ceremony and the event will be live streamed through the city's YouTube channel if you're unable to attend in person. The 2022 Mayor's Arts Awards winners will also be formally recognized by City Council at their November 10th meeting. Coming up this Saturday, November 5th, the Providence Center for Justice, Peace, and Integrity of Creation is going to be holding a community screening of The Letter. This is a film by Ladato C Movement featuring Pope Francis in conversation with five leaders representing the voice of Indigenous people, youth, the poor, and the wildlife of the planet. This bracing look at the climate crisis and how we can respond has already been seen over 8 million times since it was released a few weeks ago. Now, Lodato C. is the patron saint of uh, all those who work in ecology. The letter will be screened at St. John's Parish Hall, that's 88 Patrick Street in Kingston, and there will also be a group discussion to follow. Well, it is, of course, Halloween today, and uh, Domino Theatre is presenting the quick-witted stage adaptation of Agatha Christie's engrossing novel Murder on the Orient Express, where everyone is a suspect. It's been adapted by two-time Laurence Olivier Award winner Ken Ludwig and directed by Kevin Tanner. Murder on the Orient Express described as a nail-biting and suspenseful tale of a murder that must be solved by the notable and meticulous detective Hercule Poirot. Tanner says it's such a neat story I do really love these gripping mysterious thriller sort of shows I'm a huge film noir fan so the opportunity to engage with a work to which I can add this element of mystery and shadow is something to which I really gravitate. I was drawn in by the opportunity to do something that has a little bit of darkness in it inherent in the text to amplify and play with that element. Tanner is excited about the cast he's been able to assemble for this mystery. He says, I can't say enough about how fantastic this cast has been throughout rehearsals, how fantastic they're going to be during the show, and just how willing they were to dive into these roles and really play with them. You can catch Murder on the Orient Express Thursday at 7.30, as well as Friday at 7.30, and Saturday, November 5th, at a 2 o'clock matinee performance in the Davies Foundation Auditorium at the Domino Theatre, 52 Church Street in Kingston. The World Broomball Championships are happening in Kingston this week. Uh, The event is the primary international competition for the sport, bringing in 36 teams from the International Federation of Broomball Association. So that means 600 players are arriving in Kingston today with teams coming as far as France, Italy, and Japan. Now the event was originally supposed to happen here in Kingston in 2020, but it was postponed due to COVID-19. Executive Director of Tourism Kingston, Megan Knott, says, We are pleased to welcome players and coaches from all around the world. I invite them all to explore all there is to see and do in Kingston, and I hope local residents will get out to the Invista Center to watch the players in action. The World Broomball Championships 2022 take place at the Invista Center at 1350 Gardener's Road, starting tomorrow, November 1st, running through till Saturday, November 5th, with games from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., and no tickets are required. Now, what is broomball, you ask? Well, broomball is a winter sport played in arenas throughout the country. It's similar to hockey, and it was actually founded Here in Canada, it's a team sport with two opposing sides of six on ice players playing on a standard hockey rink with each team trying to score on the opposing team's nets. But unlike hockey, players do not wear skates, but instead special rubber-soled shoes, and they use a broom with a triangular head to hit a ball on the ice. Utilities Kingston wants customers to know that Neptune Technology Group will be visiting homes and businesses across the city in order to replace end-of-life water meters. Affected homeowners will receive a pamphlet in their mailbox. When you receive the pamphlet, it means that meter installers are in the area and you will have two weeks to schedule an installation appointment with Neptune. Tenants are encouraged to either follow the instructions to book the appointment or to notify their landlords that they received a notice. The landlords are ultimately responsible to ensure these mandatory water meter replacements are completed. Neptune will go door-to-door when attempts to make an appointment are unsuccessful. Customers are encouraged to always ask people going door-to-door for identification. Neptune will replace 3,532 water meters this year. The technicians will always be in uniform and carry photo identification. And that's your local news rundown. You're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca and on podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to Today in YGK Campus Corner. My name is Erica Singh and here are your campus news headlines for today. This past weekend, Queen's University hosted its first in-person homecoming since 2019. Over 2,700 alumni attended the event. This year, graduating classes ending in two or seven participated in the homecoming celebrations, such as the many faculty and sporting events. The celebrations officially ended at Richardson Stadium yesterday afternoon when the Queen's women's soccer team faced off against the Nipissing Lakers. Next, multiple emergency units and law enforcers responded to multiple calls of nuisance parties and injuries. Thousands of students and alumni flooded the university district and surrounding residential areas, attending house parties and celebrating on the streets during homecoming. The police declared several nuisance parties on Aberdeen Street, Toronto Street, Brock Street, and Johnson Street. All of these parties were hit with $2,000 fines. First responders also responded to calls of people falling off street lamps, roofs, and even one individual being hit with a brick in the head. In other news, this past week has been a hard one for the jewish community at queen's university and around the world principal patrick dean released a statement on october 26th condemning the anti-semitic imagery and statements popping up around campus principal dean reiterated the consequences for pushing such harmful messages as the campus team will not hesitate to investigate and take action the principal then clearly stated that there is no place at queen's for anti-semitism hate or violence against any members of the community. Principal Dean urges you to reach out to supports on campus if you have witnessed or been on the receiving end of hate on campus to ensure that Queen's University remains a safe and welcoming community for everyone. In other news, last week celebrations were held for the launch of the new Black Studies program at Queen's University. The inauguration of Black Studies marks a new chapter in the University's Faculty of Arts and Science as work in the Black Studies field has been ongoing for years, but it has not been formally recognized by the institution until now. The event at the Agnes Etherington Art Center brought together many faculty, staff, students, and community members who all contributed many years to this end result. The event opened with congratulatory speeches, which were followed with an interactive reading of a collection of spoken word poems from Lillian Allen. After the poetry reading, Rachel Goff moderated a panel discussion on the past, present, and future of Black Studies at Queens. The panel touched on topics such as geography, the community outside of Queens, their personal history, and what they thought led to the inauguration of the program. Day 2 of the event of the Agnes featured a presentation of Black Studies Is, and a conversation about new books and research in Black Studies. For more information on the Black Studies program, please visit the Black Studies website at queensu.ca-gnds-undergraduate-black-studies. That's all the headlines for this week, now over to Zadenbergara Bergara with sports.
2: Good evening, my name is Zane Vergara and it's time for your CFRC Sports Update. OUA Playoffs are in full swing and the Queen's Golden Gales are giving it their all. On October 28th, the women's rugby team remained undefeated in their OUA Championship game against the Guelph Griffins. It was a close game through most of the first half with Guelph leading 12-7, until OUA Rookie of the Year, Maddie Donnelly and Maggie Banks, with their second of the game, gave Queens a 21-12 lead. The second half ended with a 29-24 Gales victory. The Gales are now scheduled to play against the Victoria Vikes at the U Sports Women's Rugby Championship, hosted by the University of Victoria from November 2nd to the 6th. The men's rugby team are eagerly awaiting their OUA semifinals matchup against the Laurier Golden Hawks on November 5th on Nixon Field. The men's rugby team finished their season against the Hawks winning 52-31 to capture an undefeated season. The Queen's Men's Cross Country captured the silver medal at the Cross Country Championship. They had a total of 51 points, 31 points behind the 1st place finishers McMaster Marauders and 20 points ahead of the 3rd place finishers Guelph Griffins. Mitch Kirby finished 4th in the 8 kilometer race with a time of 24 minutes and 53 seconds and close behind in 5th place was Roman Mironov with 24 minutes and 55 seconds. Last Wednesday, the men's soccer team fell to the Carlton Ravens in their OUA playoff match 2-0. However, the women's soccer team beat the Nipissing Lakers 4 0 and move on to play the York Lions in their OUA semifinal matchup. And of course, it was homecoming weekend for Queen's University. The football team had their OUA quarterfinal match against the University of Toronto Varsity Blues. Here are some highlights from head coach Steve Snyder's press release before the game. Coach, talk Toronto. Yeah. Um, you know what? Really solid opponent. I think, uh, you know, we had a lot of respect for their performance when we played them earlier in the year, which seems like a long, long time ago now. But they've actually had to put together a really solid season and uh, won some big games, in particular the last one of the regular season. It was, you know, when they're in type of scenario. Yeah, we're going to have to play our best football and, you know, be prepared for all the unique things they do and some things that they haven't shown yet that they may do as well. So just kind of trying to stay ahead from a preparation perspective, and then making sure our guys are loose and go out and just uh, enjoy playing at Richardson Stadium against a rival and um, and go out and play our best football.
3: Coach, uh, homecoming weekend always a big one for Queens. How excited are the uh, players to to have that you know big crowd and important game?
2: Really unique, you know, to have in the playoffs. But I think that's uh, actually plays to our advantage a little bit. It should be a lot of fun for everybody, and uh, create a great atmosphere. And, coach snyder the football team did not disappoint giving the homecoming crowd a fun and entertaining match the varsity blues kept it close for the first three quarters until a huge 70-yard touchdown run by jared jessari gave the football team a 14-point lead they would not relinquish if you missed the action here commentators jesse bell and jordan dax reacting live to the action
0: line of scrimmage moving up to his center moving up to his center obviously adjusting seeing the pass rush that's coming they handed off Jared Kasari. Oh, and Kasari is breaking one loose. He's still on his feet. He's at the 30, the 20, the 15, the 10 touchdown. Jared Kasari with an unbelievable run. Electric Richardson Stadium is on its feet.
1: Stand up and celebrate for your Queens Gales. Are you kidding me? Jared Kasari what a game he's had and that's the best run of his career and a huge moment to end the third quarter extending the Queen's lead to two touchdowns.
2: The game had an absolutely electric atmosphere and the Gales continued to add 14 points in the final quarter resulting in the 21st consecutive head-to-head win over the Varsity Blues 41-13. The Gales now move on to their OUA semifinal matchup, hosting the Ottawa GGs Saturday, November 5th at 1 p.m. at Richardson Stadium. If you can't make it, be sure to tune in for live coverage here on CFRC from Jesse and Jordan. On that note, that's all for your sports coverage. Now over to Chris and Chancellor with a community update.
4: This is Chris coming in with your community update, and today we're talking Halloween safety with Tronder Hansen, Consumer Product Safety Officer with Health Canada. If we want to just get right into it, would you like to introduce yourself?
3: My name is Trondor Hansen, and I am a product safety officer with Health Canada's Consumer Product Safety Program.
4: Awesome. And today we're sitting down to talk about Halloween. So first off, what is your advice um, for choosing the right costume this year?
3: When choosing the right costume, it's important that costumes are well fitted. Oversized costumes can pose a tripping hazard baggy sleeves, capes, and tails can be hazardous around candles or other ignition sources. A good material to look for is polyester or nylon as they do not ignite as readily as natural fibers like cotton. And also it's important to check the label. The label may say flame resistant, but keep in mind that does not mean fireproof.
4: Okay, awesome, and next up, How can folks avoid hazards when decorating?
3: When decorating, it's important if you are using uh, decorations that use electricity before plugging them in, check the wires and the cords. Ensure that they are not frayed. Um, Ensure that the outlet that you're plugging them into isn't overloaded. And as well, if you look on electrical devices, you can find a symbol um, from which uh, of a safety authority, such as the CSA or the ULC, and that ensures that the product has um, met certain standards with regard to that certification authority. And with regard to things like jack-o'-lanterns, um, a lot of us would use candles. However, a safer choice could be uh, battery powered candles, just to uh, minimize that fire hazard. And it's also important, if you'll have uh, children coming up to the door it's important to keep these items away to not, you know, not cause a tripping hazard.
4: Yeah, definitely. Okay, so lots of great tips there. And where can folks find more tips uh, from Health Canada on Halloween safety?
3: You can go to Canada.ca. On the Canada.ca website, you'll be able to find information not only on Halloween safety, but on consumer product safety in general. There are a lot of Great resources. And as well, if you want to um, take a look at any recalls or alerts, it's a good way to inform yourself what's going on in the market from a safety perspective. And that can all be viewed on Canada.ca.
4: Great. Awesome. And finally, very important question What are you going to be for Halloween this year?
3: <laughs> oh, that's a very good question. Uh, last year, I did Squid Game. Uh, this year, I'm not sure. I'm going to be a last minute kind of guy this time
4: okay still up in the air i like it (laughs) (laughs) all right awesome so that was all the questions i had for you so thanks for sitting down with me
3: all right thank you very much appreciate it
4: be sure to stay safe this halloween and now off to dinah with the weather
5: thank you so much and now it's time for the cfrc weather report tonight we're expecting cloudy skies with a 60 percent chance of showers or drizzle with fog patches developing this evening temperature steady near 13 On Tuesday, November 1st, we're expecting cloudy skies with a 30% chance of showers or drizzle in the morning and early in the afternoon with fog patches dissipating late morning, high of 15. At night, we'll have clear skies with a low plus 4. And on Wednesday, November 2nd, we're expecting sunny skies with a high of 13 and clear skies that night with a low plus 5. And now over to Alexandra Fernandez with the City of Kingston traffic report.
6: Thank you so much and I am here, Alexandra Fernandez, with your weekly traffic report brought to you by the City of Kingston. Arch Street from Union to Stewart Street will be closed on October 31st today at 7am to November 4th at 6pm. Garrett Street from Division to University will be closed until November 20th. Lower Brewer's Bridge will be closed until further notice. Princess Street from Division to Ontario will be closed November 2nd and 3rd from 7pm to 11.59pm. Ontario Street from Brock to Clarence will also be closed on November 2nd and 3rd from 7pm onwards to 11.59pm. S- Stephen Street from Cowdy to Montreal will be closed as of Tuesday, November 1st from 7am to 5pm. Stephen Street from Montreal to Patrick will be closed until October 31st. And Stephen Street also from Patrick to Cowdy will be closed until October 31st. University Avenue from Union to Earl will be closed until January 21st, 2023 at 7pm. And Wright Crescent from the south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace will be closed until January 31st, 2023. The following streets are closed from 8.40 a.m. to 9.10 a.m. and 3.20 p.m. to 3.50 p.m. on weekdays until June 29, 2023. McDonnell Street from Earl to Hill and Sydenham Street from Ordnance to Colburn. Above-ground electrical work is taking place at the Ascot and John Counter Boulevard intersection due to the 3rd crossing roadwork on Highway 15 at Gore. In the case that a lane needs to be closed for construction, proper flagging will be in place to direct traffic, otherwise both lanes will be open. An additional left-turn lane on the west side of the John Counter Boulevard and Montreal Street intersection will be open. In-water, rock-causeway removal will continue and there will be an increase in dump truck traffic on the west side until completion in December. Access from John Counter to the Village on the River Apartments is currently shut down. Residents have been notified to use their Montreal Street access during this temporary closure to John Counter. Pedestrians will be able to use the temporary access path north of John Counter Boulevard which will be maintained at all times and cyclists will be single file on JCB. Some other delays that you may expect Jackson Mills Road near the KMP Trail will be reduced to one lane for roadside safety improvements but remains open in both directions. Montreal Road at Stephen you can expect a lane closure on Tuesday November 1st from 8am to 12pm for paving. And Sandhill Road city limits to 5km west of city limits expect delays until November 16th as crews will be working on completing culvert replacing. Now we're going to throw it over to Dinah for our weekly events calendar.
5: Thanks so much. And now it's time for the CFRC Community Events Calendar brought to you by queensevents.ca. CFRC's Shortwave Theatre Festival, in partnership with Cellar Door Project, runs on CFRC 101.9 FM and CFRC.ca November 1st through November 6th. Learn more about the radio theatre plays, schedules, and about the cast and crew at shortwavetheatre.com. This event is free all week long. The Dan School of Drama and Music's Faculty Artist Series returns this Tuesday, November 1st, with a performance at 7.30 of Schubert's Winterese at the Isabel Bader Centre for the Performing Arts. You can buy tickets online at queensu.ca slash the Isabel, starting at $10 for students and $20 for the general public. Shortlisted for the 2022... Polaris Prize in Music, Canadian singer-songwriter Kelly McMichael is coming to Kingston this Friday, November 4th, to perform at the Grad Club, a 19-plus show. This concert is open to the public, and you can get tickets online from Eventbrite. The African and Caribbean Students Association at Queen's University is hosting a Carabana theme night on Friday, November 4th at the Ale House. You can expect a night of soca, dance hall, Afro beats and hip hop, plus flashy costumes. You can buy tickets at the door to the event, which is open only to those who are 19 plus. Do you have the know-how to make Kingston a better place? The City of Kingston is calling for applications for community members to sit on its various municipal advisory committees, boards, and commissions. Applications are being accepted between October 31st and November 11th. Visit cityofkingston.ca slash committees to learn more about each committee and how to submit an application. And don't forget that on Sunday, November 6th the clocks fall back at 2am so you can get an extra hour of sleep. Learn more about all events happening on campus and in Kingston at queensevents.ca. And that's a wrap for the events calendar and our program today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Scoop and Today in YGK podcast via Spotify and iTunes and please consider a donation to CFRC 101.9 FM during its funding drive running to December 31st via cfrc.ca. From all of us on the CFRC News team, have a great